everyone, it's Maggie, Mary Rose, and Mackenzie. We're not scholars, theologians, or experts. We're just three young women who have encountered the love of Jesus through each other and whatever life throws our way. But trust us, we've had our fair share of I don't know moments. You know, those moments when you can't really put words to what you're feeling and it seems like the only thing left to do is break down crying on the bathroom floor. But hey, we're all about chatting it out. Because we know how scary it can be to feel like you're not seen and don't quite know what's going on. But in those moments, come as you are and hear the Father say, Daughter, be brave. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Daughter, Be Brave. Hey. (laughs) So today's going to be a little different. We have a very special guest who's been on our podcast before. Before the rebrand. The one, the only, Father, Father Rob, Rob Johnson. Woo! Yeah. Good to be here. Be here. Thank <laughs> you. Am I the first ever guest, two-time guest? Yeah. yeah. And the first guest of the rebrand. Wow. Yeah. What an honor. Yeah. What an honor. Good, good to be with you guys. Good to be with you. We're so Thank excited. You. Yeah. Well, we are so excited. For those of you who don't know, Father Rob is our chaplain here at SIUE. Um, he's been for three almost three years mm-hmm. yeah we're lucky to have him and I feel like a lot of our talking points are like oh father Rob told us this so now you <laughs> yeah. actually get to hear from father Rob hear from the source <laughs> yeah because I don't think I ever quite do your words justice oh I'm sure you put them better than I can <laughs> yeah, so no doubt about that. now I'm always like well father Rob said this but he worded it a lot better than this <laughs> but yeah so it's an honor to have you. Absolutely. In the flesh. It's good to be here. How has the rebrand been for, for you all? It's been good. I think we've definitely reworked conversations to where Bold Moves is a little more, not juvenile, but kind of more fun. And this, I feel like, has been more polished, more mature, even though we've only done two, three episodes. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've been liking this rebrand. I think it's nice. It's a good good way for us to go. Good. Yeah, I think I like that it's almost like maturing with us. Yes. You know, like I think we talked about that at one point that like we get to grow in the podcast and everybody gets to grow with us, you know, it's kind of fun. Yeah, that'll be a cool fruit, I think, for hopefully for all of you to be able to go back if it's now just listening to a year year ago or five years from now being able to listen to um, to this as like a chronicle of your life in a way, which is pretty cool. It is. It's neat. It was interesting doing our word of the year for this year and comparing it to last year's Mm -hmm. words of how, like, our word played um, into our lives throughout the year and how, yeah, we've changed this year. So it'll be interesting, yeah, five years from now, (laughs) looking back at it. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes I'm like, do I want to go back to those first episodes? But, you know, owning it. You know, that's where we were. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah. Yeah. but yeah, I think we touched on it when we announced the rebrand, that you were kind of the inspiration for it, but we didn't say any more than that. We wanted this to come from you. Mm-hmm. So, wow, so the fans are still in the dark. Yeah, they, yeah. Really, they don't know anything. They're on the edge of their seats. They, yeah. they don't really know the story. They just know, you know, we decided to do a rebrand and you were the inspiration. So, so the backstory. So we kind of need, yeah, yeah, the backstory from well, your perspective. Obviously, I've been, I was a huge fan of Bold Moves from the beginning. Thank you. Um, Thank you. And I, I read a random article. I think it was when, 
I went to that conference in January, and I, th I don't know how, it was an older article, but I found it on, it's the, the site is Art of Manliness, and this guy, Brett McKay, and I've been reading this guy's blog since I was in, like, college, and so he's just a very um, cool guy, very good writer, and anyway, he wrote an interesting article, and he talked about the Peloponnesian War, which was Athens versus, versus Sparta, I think, like, 5th century B.C., um, and he made a distinction in it from an author named Stephen Pressfield. And Pressfield, I think, is the same guy that read, read, uh, wrote Gates of Fire, which was about the Battle of Thermopylae. And I had read that a few years ago. Um, and he writes like kind of a historical fiction. Um, so I think his like his scholarship is pretty pretty legit. But he write he like introduces narrative into it, so it reads mm -hmm. like a novel. But anyway, he wrote a book that I haven't read, but I think McKay had on the Peloponnesian War. And in there, he makes the distinction between um, boldness and courage. And that's what they really attribute. So Athens would have been the more like sophisticated society and certainly bigger than Sparta for the Peloponnesian War. Uh, but Spartan, the Spartans ended up winning. And they talk about part of that is because of the decadence of Athens. Like they kind of let the culture, yeah, just slide into a certain decadence. And at one point, Pressfield in the book, in the narrative, um, like the Spartans hold to, like that they, while the Athenians have boldness, they have courage. And so they make, it just helped me because it was something because I had, like throughout the years, I had kind of always been looking for that distinction. And I have nothing against boldness or telling someone to be bold, but there's a certain, um, yeah, there's a certain just like, lack of precision in boldness when, or, you know, there's a certain, um, like impulsiveness with boldness that courage, I think, yeah, it's just, I like the, the working term, um, better, especially just being around certain people that I really respect. And you realize that, you know, people that have to make really hard choices and are just kind of put in very hard positions with a lot of responsibility, they, Boldness isn't necessarily bad, but I would say it's not a defining attribute that you would want. Where courage, which kind of brings with it like a steadiness, does. And so anyway, I thought of bold moves, and I was like, I wonder if the gals would be interested in the distinction. And here we are. Here we are. <laughs> here we are. Okay, so question. Do you think there's a difference between bravery and courage? No, I haven't thought of. I don't have a working distinction between them. Yeah. So I'd have to think about it. What do you What do you all think? Anything come to mind? When I think like bravery versus courage up front, I think bravery more in the moment and courage like long over a long period of time. Mm -hmm. It's so like someone's, oh, yeah, they're very, they're a courageous man. But it's like, oh, if they're a brave man, I would think, oh, they're more willing to go up in the moment and maybe not as lasting. Okay, yeah. But that's kind of just surface level thought mm -hmm. on that. So maybe like bravery is like more moment to moment situation. Right. Mm -hmm. Whereas courage, courage is a virtue. Yeah, like effervescent. Right. Always there. Mm -hmm. That's a cool distinction. I think you could maybe for this discussion you could use them inter like bravery and courage right, yeah. interchangeably. But I don't know. I haven't thought about those two to be able to say 
here's how I would distinguish them. I don't know right. for sure. Yeah, I was just curious. Because, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, something that really stuck out to me when you were telling me, because I think it was Christmas. I remember I was on the phone with you over Christmas break. It was the end of my quarantine, my COVID. <laughs> and we were just chatting about things, and I just remember you saying, yeah, like, what's when's the next, like, bold moves or something? And then you're like, okay, well, like, remind me next time I see you, we need to, I need to tell you this idea I have. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, what idea? But it was so good because I remember you telling me when you were explaining it to me, you said, I'd much rather hear you guys talk about being brave and being courageous than being bold. Yeah. And that just, like, really stuck out to me because I think in my own experience, in myself and in others, I've realized times of boldness can honestly be sometimes very off-putting and um, sometimes just like an, uh, there's an uncomfortableness, uncomfiness, I don't really know the word, um, about it that's not always good and not always attached to it. But I feel like when you hear the word bravery and courage, like that's always very respected, whereas I think boldness can be disrespected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think it comes down to like intention and structure. Like anybody can just be like, okay, I don't know what to do, but I'm just gonna be bold and do this, you know. And like, and we're obviously there are other ways that like it can be a good thing for sure. Um, but yeah, if you like want to be brave, you have intention and you have a structure of like, okay, I'm doing this with this intention and like I'm going to push through it instead of like, okay, irrational decision. I'm doing this because it's crazy. You know, mm-hmm. that's kind of like what I think of when I think of. It reminds me, maybe more anecdotally, it reminds me of a story I've always heard attributed um, to Abraham Lincoln. Um, And it's probably apocryphal in some way. So it's probably attributed to other kind of figures from from the past. But the story that I had heard went is that he was on some battlefield during the Civil War and he was president at that point. And he needed, they really needed to get a message to like another commander 50 miles away, something like that. And so he, he asked whatever, whoever, like the general or kind of the head guy of this camp was, he said, you know, give me your best man to get the, to get this message to, to them. So they get this young soldier who is like, yeah, just very skilled, very good, very dedicated, all that. And Lincoln tells him, he's like, you need to make sure and get this to this person. And the guy looks right at Lincoln. He said, oh, Mr. President, I would die for this cause. I would die for this cause. Don't worry. And Lincoln looked right at him and he said, son, well, I have a thousand men out here that would die for the cause. Right now I need one that will live for it. And so there's a certain like (laughs) discipline in in there that like he's not looking for boldness there. He's Mm -hmm. looking for a lot of courage there. So you can Mm -hmm. kind of like talk through it like that, you know. Absolutely. but I've always, and I've always kind of found in personal experience that you can tell when someone may be, it, it might not be lacking in courage, that may be too um, strong to say, but when they really don't know what they're about and they're just kind of being bold to be bold, mm-hmm. you know, and you're like, hey, this isn't about you trying to reach me in some way. This is about you just kind of appeasing something in, in yourself. Mm-hmm. There's a big difference when you meet someone that's just acting um, yeah, acting bravely to maybe like go out on a limb or say something uncomfortable or challenging mm-hmm. versus someone that's just kind of like, 
throwing stuff out there because they think they have to. Yeah. And I think so much lies within that because you don't have a true conviction towards whatever you're doing in that. So with the true bravery or courage, it's coming from a place of truth and you, you want to accomplish or you really want to like make a difference or change in that. So I think you're going to put so much more effort and again, like lasting effort into that rather than the rashness of bravery. Like you said, um, it's kind of rash versus precise. And so having that precision, you're going to focus on those little details that make a big impact. Whereas if you're bold, you may kind of skirt over those and not pay attention because it's not allowing the bold decision to be made. I think that's very important. Yeah. I think something too, I think you said it when you were explaining, yeah, the difference. And I think you used the word, the phrase that boldness can sometimes come from selfishness, whereas courage and bravery is more selfless. So you're thinking about some, like, you know, you're going outside of yourself for like the greater good. Um, whereas I think the boldness often is like, oh, I want to do this, so I'm just going to go for it. And then I think that's where you can turn people off if you're not thinking and considering how other people are going to perceive it. Um, One of the distinctions he has here, this is from Pressfield, but he says, boldness is impulsive and reckless where courage is prudent and prepared. Mm. And so there, it does kind of like help help get to the heart of it a little bit because there's something kind of, um, you know, I think there's something in all of us that we we glorify impulsiveness and recklessness mm. in in some ways. And there's probably, I think you could argue, no, there's certain moments that like that could be. It takes a lot of boldness to do something, and that's good. And it's less, um, you know, fun in some ways to less glamorous to say no like this will actually take just kind of steady slow hidden dedication to do something which oftentimes takes a whole lot more courage than just throwing yourself out there into something yeah yeah that reminds me of a quote and i believe it's by abraham lincoln it might be kind of just taken from nowhere but i've heard it titled from abraham lincoln and he said, if I had four hours to cut down a tree, it's been the first three sharpening the saw. Mm. So yeah, instead of someone going like, oh, I can get this done right now and just hacking away and yeah. losing precious time, he's going to spend that time being prepared. Yeah. And like you said, the keyword is hidden. So mm. yeah, it's not glamorous. Not everyone's going to see all those efforts out in the open, but that's what you need to make it good and authentic change. Mm-hmm. I think that's something cool for maybe all of you to, to think about. I think for college students especially, summer break can always be very challenging, you know, Mm -hmm. to come like from your community to going back to maybe people that love you a lot. It's just different. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you can get out of prayer really fast. Um, and to even think about it in terms of, of something, um, like that. Okay. And that's, that's hard to look at yourself, but like, Hey, what's my prayer life when it, what's my prayer life like when it's totally unseen? and hidden or like what am I about in in this way where like no one around me may notice this mm-hmm. that's tough stuff you know to be able to reflect on it takes a lot of courage to do that yeah and I think that's the I think that's where I feel like society in general has gotten maybe the wrong idea of what courage and bravery is because I think so like when you're a kid 
growing up, you hear the word courage and you hear bravery. And I think automatically, at least for myself, you think of, okay, that's me fighting in battle, or that's me doing this super scary thing in front of all these people. And it just like sounds so hard. Like you're like, oh, well, I'm not brave. Like I'm not that person. I don't have that kind of courage. But when you break it down to something like that, not that that's not hard, that is, but it gives us like more tangible things that are an everyday thing, everyday opportunities that we can be courageous and we can be brave. Um, and it's not like we have to go run into a war, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Because I feel like that's where I think I can struggle in myself. Like, oh, I'm not brave because I'm not doing X, Y, Z. Any thoughts, Mackenzie? A lot. <laughs> I don't know. I've been trying to put it into words this whole time. But, yeah, I know. I'm, I've just been trying to, like, put myself in the, like, shoes of a listener right now and being like, okay, if I was listening to this, <laughs> I was like, oh, you know, and especially, like, our tagline, like, daughter, be brave. I'd be like, okay, yeah, that's nice, but, like, what do you mean? You right. know? Like, I, I wish. <laughs> you know? Like, mm-hmm. so I've just been trying to wrap my mind around, like, and you kind of, like, brought it into that of like okay but like what is like the here and now look like like for those of us who like look back at the day or like everybody is going through something right now listening to this and like what is it that can like give them the courage or the hope to like then so be brave the next day you know mm-hmm. if that makes sense yeah it's a good question and that's that's where you would start to be able to um you try and make distinctions between what the virtues are. So like mm-hmm. the theological virtues of faith, hope, and love have to be given. You have to ask for them. Um, and you can't really do anything past that. So that's why you always like pray for someone to be given faith. The cardinal virtues, um, which courage would be one of them, you, you can like strive towards those. So if you want to know how to grow in courage, you have to act courageously. That's how that's how they they function and and they work and so I think the um, kind of like the call to maturity there is to say well what's right in front of me um, today and it's often it's kind of that hidden thing again where like this is this is hard to do day in and day out because it doesn't let you like daydream about ten years from now and how you'll be acting courageously in these big ways. <laughs> It's like, no, 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 how do you act with, how do you grow in this virtue today? It's a good thing to, to reflect on for, for everybody. And I think it's looking, I don't know, it's been on my mind lately, um, is looking for the moments, looking for the opportunities that maybe otherwise you would just kind of throw aside. I remember it was early this Lent, and the reason I'm, I remember to talk about this is because I literally was looking in my pocket today, and I found this, and it was from earlier this Lent and it literally just says do the hard thing (laughs) but the story behind that is I so I had these little paper cutouts that were 40 Lenten things that you'd pick out of a jar and they were all like to help you grow during Lent so some of them was um, you know pray a rosary for the country or make a meal for a friend or just like different acts that you could do and um, the story behind this one is I I really needed to go to confession, and I just didn't want to. I was like, I'm not going. <laughs> Whatever. I don't, like, really feel like it. And I knew I was going to Holy Hour at MPH. And I was like, I knew there's going to be confession, but I was like, I just don't want to go. <laughs> and right before I left to go to the Holy Hour, 
I picked in my jar and this is the one I picked up and it said, do the hard thing. And I said, you're funny, Jesus. That's really funny. Um, and I did it, but like that moment, like I, I kind of just heard Jesus, like, tell me, he's like, just be brave. Just like be brave and like go to confession. And I did. And like, obviously it was great. Like confession is always such a blessing, so many graces, but like it's those opportunities. I think sometimes you can miss. Um, when you're just going about you know, your day-to-day. And I would throw out, I'm glad, I mean, that's a huge grace from receiving that, but do the hard thing. Is it, <laughs> it's not quite it, though. No, like, it's, no. I would, say, I would say do the right thing, Okay. which yeah. oftentimes is very hard. Yeah. But mm-hmm. there, because you can, I think you can, just to kind of point that out, you can fall into very quickly saying, well, I just have to figure out, um, like, what the hardest thing is mm-hmm. then. Or, or like, I mean, and, and some people really do, we probably all do in a way, but, like, really struggle with, of, like, in order to follow God in my life, I have to do, like, the hardest thing. I have to do the thing mm-hmm. that will, like, make me the least happy because mm-hmm. that'll be the greatest sacrifice. And, again, that's a harsh way to say it, mm-hmm. but I think we, we have those lines of, mm-hmm. of thinking in there so it makes me think of um yeah the a couple stories um but i'll tell what should i tell i think i'll tell the one about the the pool um but this is this is one of my best this is one of my favorite stories about like just the wisdom of like a good confessor and a good priest and, and kind of that same line there of doing the right thing and um, I knew this guy years ago, and he's a very successful um, physician. And I knew his, I was good friends with his, his son. And um, so they, and they were awesome. Like the family was really, really awesome. And they had a big, beautiful house, but every, they would like host the, the parish youth group and like kind of everything that they did was like trying to allow their children to grow in the faith. And um, so they were very, very faithful. Um, and they were, they were very, very wealthy as as well and so anyway long story short this guy they were good friends with um a priest and he was over one time and he knew the backstory of this guy's wife and his kids really really wanted him to put in a pool like a really nice pool at their house and he didn't want to do it because it was going to be really expensive and like he just you know he was like i want to live like a simple life and i don't want to have like all this nice stuff necessarily so beautiful everything mm-hmm. And they were really kind of at loggerheads, like with him and his wife about the the pool. And anyway, so he goes to confession. He's telling me this to his priest friend who knows all the backstory. And the priest was like, you know, he he just pretty much confesses like pride and vanity, things, things like that, you know, that people, we all can struggle with. And the priest looked right at him and he was like, okay, are you ready for your penance? He's like, put in the pool. (laughs) and I really I still like really I've heard other stories of in like much lesser there's another good one of a seminarian uh, and I heard this one directly from the priest that I think witnessed it but uh, a seminarian was kind of like the model seminarian and did everything right respected by the guys good leader everything like that but he struggled with like just being scrupulous so he wanted to appear very much that he had everything together and all of that. And then in Lent, he would always take on like really kind of hard sacrifices. And 
So he met with his spiritual director and was talking about a good Lenten practice. And he said, well, for Lent this year, um, Wednesday and Friday, every day, I want you to, um, after lunch, I want you to get the biggest ice cream cone in the, in the cafeteria and eat it in front of everybody. Shoot. Whoa. Yeah. Because like that (laughs) actually, that actually put to death pride, which is what he was struggling with. That's a really interesting because you think you're feeding mm-hmm. or you're kind of pushing it down by doing those practices, but you're really feeding the pride exactly in that way of putting on this front for everyone. So maybe doing it more for looks and for actually the good reasons of doing it. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I think it was like Mother Teresa. I think, didn't she say that you can save a soul by picking up a pencil? There's a line like that, and I, I might have it a little bit off, but she was saying, it was the whole thing of, like, do small acts with great love. Mm-hmm. And I think she, she had some type of line like that of, you can save a soul by picking up a pencil with love. Mm-hmm. I've heard the one of her talking about washing dishes, and she says, um, don't wash the next dish so that it's clean. Wash the next dish because you love the other person that's going to eat off of it. Yeah, same idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Pride's a funny thing, you know? And I think so often that's a huge thing that gets attacked, attacked for both men and women of like, oh, men, you're not being manly enough or, oh, you're not going to go off and make so much money because you want to spend more time with your family or women, you're not going to do something career-wise, but you want to be a stay-at-home mother because, yeah, it's not this outward showing of feeding your pride and doing things that others view in that way. But you're doing like the little small things that make a humongous difference among your own little church in your home. Well, listen to this distinction again from, this is from Pressfield again. He says, boldness is covetous. Courage is content. Isn't that good? In the same Oh, same I really oh like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. So you can think of it, again, talk about like daily life. Yeah. It type stuff of how often does something just like come up in your own mind, your own heart of... Like, I want that. I have to have that mm-hmm. versus the disposition to say, no, no, what I need, I have right here. Like, how often do you live from that place? Mm. Wow. Not enough. <laughs> Needs to happen more. Yeah, I don't do it very well. Yeah. I know that. I'm just thinking. I just, yeah, that's interesting. Courage is content because... But then there is, so then like, where's like the call to action in that, you know? So you know how like courage is practiced. So if courage is content though, you know, like how do you, how do you, I guess gratitude maybe. (laughs) I don't know. A story that comes to mind, um, I was recently at uh, spiritual director training through the Institute of Priestly Formation. And one of the guys who I really respect, and this guy's a, a veteran priest and a veteran spiritual director, and he gave one of the, the conferences at it, and he said something that it kind of struck me as interesting at the time, and it's kind of stuck with me. But he said, um, we're going to assume, like, going into this week together, but I think he meant it for any moment. He said, we're going to assume that you are exactly who and where God wants you to be. And, like, if you can start with that presupposition, then, like, you're really ready to pray and to grow. Is good? Yeah. Yeah. I 
think that completely like not summarizes. I can't find a good word for this, but just entails the idea of you don't have to work to be loved by mm-hmm. the Father. Like you are who you are, and He loves that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and starting from that basis, because then you're not focusing on like, oh yeah, I don't have this, this, or this. I need this, this, and this to prove that I'm worthy. But like, what I do have is beautiful, and I can work from that place. Mm-hmm. I guess how else are you gonna? live your life or work if you're constantly noticing your shortfalls and all the disparities in your life you're going to be miserable yeah that i mean that's the the distinction in the spiritual life is am i doing good in order to be loved mm-hmm. or do i know that i'm loved and so i want to do good so the i think you asked maggie of like where does where's the call to action mm-hmm. i mean yeah live in the reality of your identity and and being loved and it'll be there it'll be easy yeah that is so beautiful yeah well i i think i've had different moments in um different conversations with people where i'm like oh my gosh that's how did they do that like that was just incredible and you know and then you sit down with them And you're like, oh my gosh, how did you go through all that? And then you still did this, this, and this. And like, you still loved so well. And I feel like so many times it's like, well, that was just what you do. Like, that's just, you know, like I can't really put many words to it now, but it's just like so many times I feel like people don't think twice about it. It's just like second nature to them. Like when it's coming from a place of being loved, it's like, well, that wasn't like even like a work or I wasn't trying to earn it. Like that was just what I wanted to do. Uh, I think that's a whole, like, living for, I don't know, like, living for somebody else. Like, yes, there's, like, a self-sacrificial part of it, but um, I don't know. I feel like marriages, it's, like, that's just what you do. Like, a good marriage is, like, you just sacrifice for the other. I don't know. Kind of rambling. But I feel like people who live it well just live it naturally. I don't know. Hey, for, you know, thinking about college students especially i think there's a lot of freedom in and this there's always a tension in the line of realizing and kind of coming to terms with how high the call is for you i mean the and specifically to catholics the church's moral standards are extraordinarily high like to where you can't really do them without grace um and good, like we shouldn't, it is, it is not, um, it is not a burden to live and talk and teach about the church's teachings, mm-hmm. like at, at all. Um, and so you have, you have that, that, that is part of the tension of like, just wanting so badly to, um, to be called to the heights, but then it's just this constant being caught by mercy as as well mm-hmm. and and so it is it's like a heartbeat it's just it's not it's not necessarily like a system or an answer but you just start to to live it and slowly you start to believe it that makes me think of a quote by saint therese and i'm i don't know the complete wording of it but basically the idea of it is like faith and holiness is this big mountain and father mm. up correctly if you've i'm sure you know this one um and you want to get up this mountain as fast as you can but you're in this valley 
and Jesus is going to come right down to the valley and meet you there. So maybe is it kind of an idea of like once you accept that, yeah, you're in that valley, you can't get up that mountain by yourself. That's because like Jesus is walking up there with you. Well, Therese specifically, what she plays on on that idea is, um, I think it's in Story of Soul. I don't think it's in her letters. I think it's in Story of the Soul. And she talks about, she uses the analogy for the divine elevator. And she kind of pokes fun at even the great Carmelites who had been like John of the Cross and Teresa of Avila and talked about so many of the great saints have been able to climb the mountain of God, but she doesn't have to because her, like God, her father will just lift her higher than any of them have gone. And so she used, she got all of that because she saw an elevator for the first time. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's her analogy. Well, yeah. Meg, I know you just read, I don't know if you other gals have, but Meg, you just read um, The End of the Affair, right? Mm, I'm not done with it, but I'm like getting there, yeah. Yeah, I, well there's, that book... Oh, there's so many things I could say about that book. That book's yeah. an example of like the character Sarah in that book is like she is not perfect. Mm. No, like, at all. Um, and she's the saint in the book. Yes. And like, oh, there's a line, I wrote it on my phone, that they were talking, he was reflecting um, about their affair, and he said, um, okay, we'll cut this silence out, because this is embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, okay, I think I shared it with Kenzie, actually. Okay, so it was... She had so much more capacity for love than I had. I couldn't forget and I couldn't couldn't not fear. Even in the moment of love, I was like a police officer gathering evidence of a crime that hadn't yet been committed. It's like, yeah, I don't know. It was just really cool how he was describing like he was just never content in like their love and like her love even though like yeah she was married and like she was having this affair like she still like loved him and he even said she told me like I love you now and I like love you forever I love you right now I love you forever and he said like I absolutely like believed her and I believed that she was telling me the truth even though like she ended up going back to her husband she was like she like lived like she believed that and she meant that when she told me that I don't know just like a whole different way of like viewing I don't know. I don't know. That's like a whole thing. That's a whole different conversation. But well, I think I got like five more minutes here, mm-hmm. gal. So, okay. what are your closing thoughts? That's so wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> Such a good conversation. Yes. Yes. So, do you have any like practicals for like listeners on like ways to practice courage? What would you guys say to that? <laughs> See, Father Rob, he always brings the question back yeah. to you. It's always good, but you know. Um, what I will say is something that really helps me day to day is relationship. So getting a good person, whether you want to call them an accountability partner, but there's friends to me, you know, just like somebody that like you can bring hard things to or like scary things too and there's like without a question they're there and they're willing to talk and you know and sometimes you might have to look a little bit further for that and it's not the end of the world if like 
they're not there in the moment. But I think that's very important is like seeking somebody with you, whether it's going to a church and talking to somebody or just like finding a friend and talking to them. I think that's really important and a practical thing to do. Just like having somebody there to talk to mm-hmm. about hard things. Mm-hmm. I love that. Because that's kind of what we're about, talking about hard things. Because mm-hmm. they're not so hard when you're chatting with a friend about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I really like the story about the seminary and eating the ice cream during Lent. Mm. So I think that's a great practice to kind of really look into yourself and see, like, okay, where am I feeding my pride versus, like, I'm thinking I'm fixing it. I'm making it go down. I'm actually building it up and finding those kind of mm. thorns and trying to take them out. Yeah. I think that is a really good practice that's overseen a lot. Mm-hmm. I think I've had to this year, which I could do more of, but something that I feel like I have started doing and I need to continue doing is asking, okay, what is my intention in this? Like, why am I saying yes to this? Because I say yes to a lot of things and I'm really bad at saying no sometimes, but that's been good for me. Like, okay, Maggie, like, why are you giving your yes? And if it's because, like, you feel like you have to or because of, like, what people will think, like, that's not a good enough reason, um, because sometimes that's what it is, um, so, yeah, just looking to, like, where is my, where is, like, my love coming from, like, is it coming from a selfish place, because sometimes it is, you know, or is it coming from a selfish place, and those are hard things to ask, but they're good. That's good. Those are all good, um, I think what comes to mind is, um, look for look for a guide in your life, someone that will help you. Um, I think that would be really, really big. And I, uh, Peter Kraft talks about this in Making Sense Out of Suffering, which is a very good book. Um, but he talks about the, the world is obsessed with experts. And the problem with experts is that they disagree with each other. <laughs> and so he said it's much harder to find a guide who leads you, a guide leads you into mystery. And so experts try to solve questions. Guides try to enter into mystery. And that kind of what is what it will will be um, in, in your life. But look for someone that will actually kind of walk with you and be able to guide you um, into to this stuff. So you have to do it um, alone. So that's what comes to mind. Look for, look for a guide or pray for one, ask for one in in your life, just to be really, really honest. Yeah. I think that's good. To the bone. That's going to be our a quote from the podcast, from today's podcast. Look for a guide. They will enter into mystery. <laughs> yeah, that's good. All right. Well, Father Rob, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much again for joining us. So good to be here. Wonderful. Yes, we've loved it. All right. Well. And always remember, in your own little way, daughter, be brave. brave.